0: Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Have a great day. Articles written about the inception of AA, there are probably some who haven't. And from that brief story, there are some things to be learned. So, even at risk of repetition, I would like to relate just exactly what did happen in those uh, very early days. And I feel there is a lesson to be learned and one that we must never forget. If we wish to maintain paid-up insurance policies against our drinking, you recall a story about Bill having uh, been uh, having had some spiritual experience, having been uh, sold on the idea of attempting to be helpful to others. You undoubtedly recall the fact that he had been working quite hard at it for around five months or so, almost incessantly. And still had not created, if you please, a single convert. Not one. As we express it, no one had yelled. But he had worked tirelessly, and, uh, was no thought of saving his own strength or time or anything. But, uh, nothing seemed to register. When he came out to Akron on this business mission, which perhaps for the good of all of us turned out to be quite a plot, Although he had to thing licked, and didn't know it. He was tempted to drink. And he was pacing up and down the lobby of the Mayflower Hotel. Wondering whether he better buy those two fists of gin. Uh, and be a king for a night, as he expresses it or not. And his teachings led him to believe that he possibly might avoid getting into difficulties if he found some alcoholic on whom to work. Finding the name of our good friend, Reverend Walter on the mm-hmm. bulletin board in the lobby of the Mayflower, he called up the good doctor and uh, asked him the names of some of the groups of people with whom he had been affiliated and through whose mentality he had acquired, uh, sobriety. The good doctor said he wasn't one, but he knew of quite a number and he gave him quite a little list, I guess about nine or ten of them. So Bill starts to call them up without very much success. They were, had either just left town or they were just leaving town or they were having a party or they hadn't thought of so something. Anyway, they came down to the end or at least very nearly the end and either I liked on the name and happened to get our good friend Henrietta. But he called up our good Henry and... Told her what he wanted, and she said, "Come right out and have lunch." So I went and went into his story in considerable detail, and she said, "I have just the man for you." So she rushes to the farm and files up Anne, and tells her that she has just the fellow to be helpful to Bob. We should come over. And he said, well, I guess we better not go with day. But Henry is very very determined. He said, oh yes, come on over. Uh, I know it will be helpful for Well, Henry didn't think quite wise for us to come over there. and finally Henry bore in to such an extent that she had to tell her that I was very much in the pack and uh, has, in fact, has passed all the capabilities for listening to any conversation, and it would just possibly have to be postponed. So she stopped in the next day, having invited being Sunday and Mother's Day, and we said that uh, our aunt said we would be over. Well, I don't ever remember feeling much worse. But... Being very fond of Henry and having said we'd go over, we started over, and I extracted the bomb-promised man on the way over that 15 minutes of this stuff was tough. But I didn't want to talk to this monitor or anybody else, and we'd really make it snappy. Now, these are actual facts. Uh, we got there at 5 o'clock, and it was 11.15 when we left. Now... You know uh, or possibly your memories are good enough to carry you back a dozen times when you haven't felt too good, and you can easily visualize the fact that you wouldn't have listened to anybody unless that individual had really had something to tell you. And that's the way I felt about Phil. And I recognized the fact that he did have something. And so I listened those those many hours. And uh, I stopped drinking immediately. But very shortly after that, there was a medical meeting in uh, Atlantic City. And I uh, developed a terrific thirst for knowledge. I had to have knowledge. Oh, we would go to, I would go to Atlantic City and absorb lots of knowledge. I usually mention the fact that I incidentally had acquired a thirst uh, for scotch, but I didn't mention that. But anyway, I went to Atlantic City and really hung one on. And uh, when I was, came to, I was in the home of a friend of ours in Carga Falls, one of our suburbs. Bill came over and got me, and, uh, got me home. Uh, gave me a hooker or two of scotch that night and a bottle of beer the next morning. And, uh, that was on the 10th of June of 35, and I have had no alcohol in any form that I know of, since. Now, the, the, uh, Interesting part of all this, and not all these thought details, but the uh, uh, condition that we two fellows were in, we had both been associated with the same uh, bunch of uh, people. He in New York and I in Akron. I had been associated with them, in fact, for two years and a half. He for five months. He had acquired this idea of service, and that I had not. But I had uh, done an immense amount of reading, which they recommended. I had refreshed my memory on the good book, and I'd had an excellent training in that as a youngster. They told me that I should go to their meetings regularly, and I did every week. They said I should uh, affiliate myself with some church and we did that and they also said that I should cultivate the habit of prayer and I did that at least to quite a considerable extent for me uh, but I got tight every night and I mean that it uh, once in a while. It was practically every night. Uh, and I couldn't understand what was wrong. I had done all these things that these good people told me to do. Every one of them. And I thought very faithfully and sincerely, but I still continued to open doubt. But the one thing that they hadn't told me was the one thing that Bill had. The, uh, instruction to attempt to be helpful to somebody else. So we immediately started to look around for prospects, and it wasn't long before one appeared in the form of a man whom you all know. I suspect many of you know, a friend of Akron. Now I knew that this, uh, bill was, uh, wonderful to protect. And I also thought that he probably forgot more about the book every night than I ever knew. And you know, who was I to be trying to tell him about it? And uh, it made me feel somewhat uh, hypocritical. It was quite a compliment for me to talk to him uh, on that sort of subject. But anyway, we both did, and I'm very glad to say the conversation fell on fertile ground. Then in October, we had three dumped in our lap, uh, almost simultaneously. But the point I wanted to bring out was the fact that I... Uh, but in my mind, the spirit of service is of prime importance, although it has to be backed up with some uh, knowledge of uh, the subject. I know I used to go to the hospital and I'd stand there and, and talk. I talked many a time to a chap in the bed for five or six hours. I don't know how he ever stood me for five or six hours, but he did. Well, it hadn't closed or something. But anyway, uh, it came to my mind that uh, I probably didn't know too much about what I was talking. Therefore, we being stewards of what we have, and that includes our time, I was not giving a good account of my stewardship of time. If it took me six hours to say something to this man that I could have said in an hour, we'll say, if I'd known what I was talking about, I suddenly was not a very efficient individual. And incidentally, I'm somewhat allergic to work anyway. So, uh, I felt that I should uh, continue to increase my familiarity not only with the good book, but uh, read a good deal of good standard literature, and possibly something of uh, scientific interest along with it. So I did cultivate the habit of reading, and I think I... I think I'm not exaggerating when I say that I have probably averaged to read an hour a day for the last 15 years. Now, I don't say that to try to sell you on the idea that you've got to cultivate that habit of reading an hour a day. Because there are plenty of people and fine AAs that don't read very much. You see, back in those days we were groping in the dark entirely. We did not uh, know much about it. We knew practically nothing of alcoholism. I, a physician, knew nothing about it, speak of What read about it, but there wasn't anything worth reading in any textbook. And, uh, usually the information about it consists on, uh, some fair treatment for BTs. You've gone that far, and if you hadn't, why you'd subscribe to you so much, and, uh, fellow. follow a good lecture, none of which, of course, uh, amounted very much. And in early uh, AA days, we became quite convinced that uh, the spiritual program was fine, but it uh, we could help the Lord out a little with some supplementary diet. So, uh in the early days Bill having a lot of common trouble had stumbled across the fact that uh he got along much better on sour crop and old tomatoes. And so we thought that in as much as Bill had to have that experience that it was probably everyone else would share the same. But it's thought we discovered later that a uh most any dietary restriction had very little to do with the acquisition and maintenance of permanent variety. We, uh, in our own stories in the mountain, things speak out. When I, we started in on film, we had no 12 steps, we had no traditions, we had uh, nothing of that kind. But we were convinced that the answer to our problem was in the good book. And it uh, became somewhat evident, we thought, to some of us older ones that it was contained, thought that we found absolutely essential to a rather limited section of the good book. In other words, Sermon on the Mount, 13th chapter of Corinthians and the book of Cain. I think we got those ideas pretty firmly implanted in our minds very early. And we had in those days, our membership got to five and seven and ten and still small. Why, we used to have daily meetings in somebody's house. Uh. It is probably providentially arranged that uh, all this happened at a time when everybody was broke. And awfully broke, too. It is probably much easier for us to be successful when broke than it would have been to have been successful if we had uh, a good checking account fee. And I know that we were. We were, every one of us, just so painfully broke that well, it wasn't a pleasant thought. Nothing could be done about it, and everybody else was close, too, and, so oh, we didn't take it too much to heart. But I do think that that was providentially arranged. Right. But anyway, we kept on having these meetings and having these discussions and attending the meetings of the good the, the people with whom we had been associated, and did continue to have them with them until, in action I'm talking about, of course, until about 40, maybe early in 41, might have been January 41, I don't recall the exact case, when we outgrew the residence of this good friend who was allowed us to bang up the pastor and the... Uh, door jams, uh, counting chairs up and down there in the end beautiful home. Uh, we had outgrown that, and so we stepped out. And uh, in a short time, acquired the rattle of the auditorium in the King's School. And we have, we, I mean, I'm talking about the group that I attend personally. and then been there with him. We attempt to have a good meeting, and I think we're usually successful. But it wasn't until the 39 that the uh, teachings and efforts and studies that uh, had been going on were crystallized in the form of the 12 steps. I didn't write the 12 steps, I have nothing to do with the writing of them, I think probably I had something to do with, with uh, them indirectly because after this June 10th episode, Bill came to live at our house and stayed for about was, about three months. And there was hardly a night in that three months that we didn't sit up till two or three o'clock discussing these things. And it would be hard for me to conceive that something wasn't said during those nightly discussions around our kitchen table that influenced the actual writing of the Twelve Steps. Much more handy to have in that form, of course. We had the ideas, uh, pretty much, basically, but not in, uh, first and uh, tangible form. We got them, as I said, as a result of our study and effort out of this book. We must have had them because uh, we have learned and experienced that they are very important in maintaining sobriety, and we were maintaining sobriety. Therefore, we had them, but not in exactly the written form as you know them now. But that was the way that things started off in Akron. And, uh... As we grew, I thought uh, we began to get offshoot. The first one was in Cleveland, and I don't remember the next one. But uh, anyway, they were started in Akron not too long after that, and uh, I've been continuing ever since. But it is a great source of satisfaction to me to feel that I may have played some part in speaking in my two bits worth for getting the thing started. I like to think that I have done that. Maybe I'm taking too much for granted. I don't know. But I, I feel that I was simply used as God's agent. I feel that I'm no different from any of you fellows or girls except that I was a little more fortunate. But I got this message thirteen and a half years ago, and some of you had to wait for a little later. In fact, I got a little peeved that, uh, I have my father because he was a little slow on the trail because I thought I would have been ready to receive it quite a while before he got around. it. And, uh, that is irritating me no end, but, uh, after all, maybe he knows better than I. But I felt sure that I would have been glad to have any thing presented that would have been workable and produced the sobriety which I thought at least that I wanted the better. I used to even doubt that at times. I I would go to my good friend Henry and say, Henry. Uh, do you think, yes, I want to stop drinking, okay? Henry, being very charitable, so I said, yes, Bob, I'm sure you want to stop. And uh, I would say, well, I can't conceive of any living human who uh, want really wanted to do something as badly as I think I wanted to do it, who could be so total a failure. At any anyway, I think I'm just one of uh, one of these want to guys. He said, "No, Mom, well, I think you want We just haven't found uh, the way to work it."
1: But anyway,
0: that was the way I felt about it. And the fact that my uh, sobriety has been maintained continuously for and a half years doesn't uh, allow me to think. That I'm necessarily any farther away from my next drink than any of you people here. I'm still very human, and I still think that a double of God would take possible. And if it didn't produce disastrous results, I might do it. I don't know. I really love that. But I have no reason to think that the it would taste any different. I have no legitimate reason to believe that the result would be any different. They were always the same. They were always the same in that I always found up back in the Bureau old case somewhere. And I have no precedent or anything to uh, make it feel legitimate for me to believe that the result today would be any different than they were. 14 and 20 and 25 and 30 years ago, when I did the same thing. I just don't want to pay that bill. Because that's a big bill. It always was, and I think it would be even larger today. Because of what has gone on in the last 15 years. And Naturally, being a bit out of practice, I don't believe I'd really last very long, and I'm having an awful nice morning. And I just don't want to bump myself off, even though the uh, treasures of the alcohol. So I'm not going to do it. And I'm never going to do it. As long as I do the things that I'm supposed to do, And I know what those things are. So if I should ever get tired, I certainly never would have anyone to blame for it. It would be done perhaps not with malice before that, but it certainly would be done with as a result at least of extreme carelessness and indifference. I said I was quite human. And I get to thinking every once in a while, well, here's this smith guy, he's a fairly smart individual. He's got this liquor situation right with a tail, proved it, demonstrated it, and had a drink for 15 years. Probably could knock off No one would be the wiser. <laughs> now, I tell you, I'm not trying to be funny so because those thoughts actually into my mind. And I know just the minute they do, exactly what has happened. See, there in Akron, we have the extreme good fortune, as a great many of you people know, of having a very nice hospital set up at St. Thomas Pops. There's a ward that theoretically accommodates seven, but, but it stretches a little bit, and we usually, she usually has about two or three more powers somewhere And I almost invariably I find that I hadn't been paying quite so much attention to the boys in the war as I should. That sure that idea that I could probably, probably polish off a couple enters my mind, I think uh, uh, about the boys in the war. You've been giving them the semi brush off here you know, for a few days. You better get back on the job, big boy, before you get in trouble. And I got right back, and I'm uh, uh, much more attentive than I had been in the days preceding the time that I got this funny idea. But I get it, and I get it every once in a while, and I'll probably continue to get it as long uh whenever I get careless about. That one thing. You know, back in uh, those early days about which I spoke, before we had the 12th Sets, we did have some other things, besides the actual uh, biblical uh, verse. I was getting to thinking more of Smith than I was the Ward, otherwise, I wouldn't have neglected him. And I wasn't being especially loving when these fellows had come there indicating their desire for help and I was just a little too busy to give them any or at least very much of my time. Don't want to be bothered with the bird. Ten cents to get rid of them with. That's easy. You could even stand two bits. But not because you love the father but just to be relieved of the the nuisance of his, hanging on your coat sleeve or what have you. No unselfishness, no, uh, love indicated in the transaction at all. But I think that the thing that really counts is really giving a service of yourself and that almost invariably, not always, but almost invariably uh requires some effort and some time of your own. It isn't a matter of putting a little quiet money in the dish. That helps, and possibly that's indicated too. But that isn't giving much. That is for the average individual in days like this, when most people get along at least fairly well that type of giving I don't believe would ever keep anyone sober or anywhere near it. But giving of his own effort and strength and time is quite a different matter. And I think that's what is meant by and what was meant by what Bill learned in New York that I didn't get in hacker Matter of those four absolutes we call them, the only yardstick we had in the early days, I think they still hold good. And I still think that they can be extremely helpful. I have found at times that questions arise and uh, I want to do the right thing, but the answers are not obvious. Uh, you know, I want the right thing. But almost always, if you check it into it carefully, by the optics of absolute honesty, purity, and and love, and whatever your decision is, checks up pretty well with those four. Your answer can't be very far out of the way. If however you do that, as I have done at times, and still am uh, not too satisfied with the answer. I usually consult some friend whose judgment, perhaps, I think in this particular case, would be very much better than, than mine. But usually you can do it yourself without bothering your friends about your own personal Uh In overcoming the first step. can't quite get honest enough to admit that... Uh, John Gallagher really uh, has best of man of absolute purity uh, is somewhat like it, the purity of ideas and purity of motives and what have you. Non-selfishness includes those things that I've just been talking about, not the dime of the two bits to the bump but actually giving of yourself. And as you well know, the absolute love is probably a big word in all three with a little bit more along with it. I think that that is a very difficult thing to have absolute love. I, I don't think any of us will ever get it. But that doesn't mean that we can't try to get it. It was extremely difficult for me, and I feel that I never have been very successful at it. It's very difficult for me to love my fellow man. I didn't dislike him. But I didn't love him. Uh, uh, unless there was some special reason he was just... Uh, uh, I was just indifferent toward him. I wouldn't many him any harm. I, I would be willing to give him a little lift if uh, it didn't require too much effort. Never would injure him at all. But to love him do it for a long time. And I think that I overcame it to some extent when I was forced to it. That I was either going to love this bird or not to attempt to be helpful to him or I was probably not tempted. You could say, well, largely, well, uh, well, uh, you were just, uh, that's a manifestation of selfishness. Which is quite correct. I was selfish to the extent of not wanting Smith, sir. So, if you keep from getting hurt, why I, I would attempt to go through the motions of being helpful to the other fellow. You can debate it uh, any way you want to, but uh, the fact still remains, for the average individual, absolute love is a thing that he will never acquire. I suspect there are a few people who do. Maybe I know some that come pretty close to it, That I think I could count them on the fingers of one hand. I don't say that uh, in a disparaging manner. I have some wonderful friends. I'm talking about it in this this final aspect and uh, particularly as it uh, applies to age. I don't think we do anything well, uh, very much in this world unless we practice it. And I don't believe we do AA work too well unless we practice it. These fellows that win, break world records in athletic defense, or people who, who, uh, win titles in the boxing arena, are people who practice been practicing it for years. Even though they may uh, necessarily be endowed with a lot of physical ability and uh, uh, skill, they still have to practice, and we have to practice to do a good job in the age. And there are a number of things that we should practice. We should practice, as I say, acquiring the spirit of service. We should attempt to acquire some faith, which isn't always easily done, especially for the person who's always been very materialistically minded. And those are the standards of society today beyond all doubt and for adventure. You have a million bucks and your neighbor has nine hundred grand, you're a much better man than your neighbor. To the extent of a hundred thousand dollars. And, uh, so forth and so on, and not there. But, uh, I think that it can be acquired, it can be acquired slowly, I don't believe, I think that is something that has to be cultivated also. That was not easy for me, I just assume it's difficult for others. Another thing that is difficult for me, and I probably don't do too well yet, and that is the matter of power. We're all, uh, inclined to have closed minds. They're pretty tightly closed. And that's one reason that some people find uh, our spiritual teaching it. Uh, they, they don't want to find out too much about it. For various personal reasons. Uh, one reason is the fear of being uh, considered a feminist. for illustration. But anyway, the matter of uh, power for the other individual's ideas, uh, it's quite important that we do acquire it. I think I've acquired it. I have much more of it than I did have. I love not enough to hurt me any yet. Because uh, if somebody crossed me, why, well, I, I would have to make at least a rather caustic remark about it, which I've done many times, much to my regret. And later on, I find that the man knew much more about it than I, and I've been infinitely better off if I just kept my big mouth shut. Another thing with which uh, most of us are not overly blessed, and that is the feeling of humility. I don't mean the humility in the sense of Dickens, Uriah, Heath, of cow. I don't mean the doormat for they're necessarily called on to be shoved around and kept on by anyone, and we have a right to stand up for our right. I'm talking about the, the attitude of each and every one of us toward our Heavenly Father. Christ said, Of myself, I am nothing. My strength comes from my Father in heaven. And if He had to say that, how about you and me? But did you say it? Did I say? No. That's exactly what we didn't say. We were inclined to say, well, look us over, boys. Pretty good, huh? That type of attitude. But there was no humility, no, uh, uh, sense of having received anything through the grace of our heavenly father. So if I accomplish something, either in, uh, a activity, or uh, professionally, or in my profession. Well, I don't believe I have any right to get cocky about it, as long as you great that I did it. I can feel very thankful that I was privileged to do it, to have uh, the recognition which uh, I may have received for. Basically, it was only through his kindness. And uh, if my strength does come from him, and these things come as a result of his kindness, who am I to get happy about it? I should have a very, very humble attitude towards the source of my strength. And I should also never cease to be grateful whatever feelings come my way, uh, uh, blessings come my way. And I have been blessed, and I've been blessed in very large measure. You know, it doesn't make much difference to uh, whether a person is drinking or whether they're sober as high as their uh, ultimate aim is to the Whether they're drinking liquor or whether they're not, They're still after the same thing, and that's happiness and peace of mind. I have about that a great deal because that's what we're all after, and we're all after all the time. We want those two things: we want happiness, and we want peace of mind. The
1: trouble with us
0: fellows was that we thought we could demand that the world give us happiness in just the way in which we wanted to get it, which happened to be by the alcohol route, and we weren't overly successful. But when we take time to find out and familiarize ourselves with and put into practice some of the spiritual laws which it is necessary to follow to acquire those things, then we find that we get them. And I think I've had them in very large measure. Those two things, happiness and peace of mind, and I feel most extremely fortunate. And I feel very grateful and thankful that our only father has seen that I enjoyed it. They're there. Anybody can get them who wishes to. But there do seem to be some rules of the game that we have to follow. But they're here and open and free to everyone who wishes to take advantage of. them. And by taking advantage of them means their familiarization, their familiarization with them and putting them in practice and incorporating them in our own thinking and action, and we're bound and they come to get certain results resist. As I said, it is a very great source of pleasure and gratitude to me to feel that Maybe I kicked in my two-fifths footed But as I said off, though, I feel that I would simply use a sharp paper. The question might arise. Well, we know what age I'm in the last fifteen years. But how about it from here on? Where do we go from here? Our membership, I think, is conservatively estimated the present around 70,000. Well, will it be an increase from here on? Well, that'll depend on every number of AA. It is possible for us to do so, or not, as we length. If we might shy of what the political style was going to want, if we avoid getting messed up with controversial issues such as religious and political issues, corrupt our problems, so forth. No unity for our central office, if we remember the simplicity of our program, we continue to remember that our job is to love further and to play further and to help our love partner further in doing the same thing, I doubt very much if we shall have any trouble and we shall continue to draw and try and trust. And I hope we all got those little things in mind. Maybe there shall be some addition to the list. of roughly covered it uh, fairly well. And I hope none of us will ever forget what I just said about hunting. I love for it.